The Bible says that God has set eternity in the hearts of mankind. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time, but he has also planted eternity or a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out or comprehend or grasp what God has done, his overall plan from beginning to end. That's Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11. Hello, everyone. I'm Neil Parks, and welcome to the podcast. Here at Fill the Lamp, as you've heard me say many times, we exist to urge and help our listeners to grow closer to Jesus Christ. We're moving into our third year of the podcast, and for the next few podcasts, we're stepping back to review some of the earlier programs so that our new listeners around the world can catch up as to what this full fill the lamp is all about. Now, I feel that maturity is the most needed and neglected part of the Christian's walk with the Lord. Now, without pursuing the understanding of our purpose as to what we've been created for is evidence of immaturity. And what I mean by that always takes me back to the book of Hebrews in chapter 5 as to what the writer is teaching us about how mankind was in need of a communicator between himself and God. Now let's take a look at Hebrews 5 verses 1 through 9. The writer shows us how Jesus, God himself, was qualified to be the voice for all mankind as the ultimate high priest to represent mankind to himself. Verse 7, uh, when Jesus was on earth, a man of flesh and blood, he offered up prayers and plead, please, groans and tears to the one who could save him from death. In verse 8, although he was a son, Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. And once he was perfected through that suffering, he became the way of eternal salvation for all those who hear and follow him. Now here's where we as the church must take heed as to understand that God, Jesus, left his throne in heaven and came to earth to be the example for all of mankind to learn how we are to intimately approach God by growing and maturing into perfection. This millisecond, if you will, of life here on planet earth is the purifying process, and it is not to be wasted on selfish desires. Whereas Jesus is the great high priest, he serves as the ultimate mediator between God and humanity. Now, in this role, he serves 
as both the priest and the sacrifice that atones for sins once and for all. But we are still called to be priests for each other. These are not mutually exclusive ideas. Whenever you share a cup of cold water in Jesus' name or pray for someone, you're a priest. You're communicating the grace of God. There are times for everyone that we need a priest too, right? Now, Hebrews 5, this is kind of what I really want to focus on, 5, uh, verse 11 through 14. The writer says, Concerning this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have been have become dull and sluggish in your spiritual hearing and disinclined to listen. Now, my friends, that statement is defining immaturity to the T. Verse 12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, because of the time you have had to learn these truths, you actually need someone to teach you again the elementary principles of God's Word from the beginning. And you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food. Verse 13, he says, For everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a spiritual infant. And verse 14, But solid food is for the spiritually mature, whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. Now, some might ask the question, isn't just being saved enough? (laughs) But you must ask yourself also, what's my purpose? You see, this time spent on earth is nothing compared to eternity. This time on earth is purpose to serve the creator of everything. And with that said, our relationship with God is never ending. We will never learn enough about who the Lord is. Now, I find it so amazing that the example God uses for us to understand his love is given to us by the fall of the wisest and richest man who ever lived or whoever will live, with that being King Solomon in his lifetime. Now, Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which teaches us that no matter how great our accomplishments are in man's eyes, they will not ultimately have any value if they are not pleasing to God. So basically, when Ecclesiastes is understood, the book, it awakens us to a fervency that begins life's journey. Let's read Ecclesiastes 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Life is fleeting like a passing mist. It is like trying to catch hold of a breath. All vanishes like a vapor. Everything 
is a great vanity. You see, Solomon went through it all as in being king, with all the accolades of wisdom, women, money, control, and power. Ha! He had it all that the world could offer, and he calls it vanity. But with that said, Solomon is describing the trap of what the world has to offer. Remember that third temptation that Satan offered Jesus in the wilderness? Let's turn to Matthew 24, or chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Verse 8 says, And again the devil taketh him up in, into an exceedingly high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things, Satan speaking, will I give thee, if thou wilt fall, fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou shalt serve. My friends, the trap was set in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had it all to themselves in that garden. Unfortunately, their sinful nature took over their lusts for more. The trap was set in the Garden of Eden, and it still remains set in 2023. My friends, this trap is governed by the devil himself. The only alternative or way out is with Jesus Christ. He came to set the captives free from the, with the shedding of his blood 2,000 years ago for you as an individual, if you will follow him. Adam and Eve's disobedience got them kicked out of God's presence. Now, wherever you're at, Right this moment in time, wherever you're at, if you will repent, and that means change your life, going one way, you turn and go the other way, and confess your sin, God will forgive you so that you can have life eternal. I say, let's pray. Father God, we come before you humbly today. We come needing more of you. And you have given yourself to us. You left your throne room to come here for us, to, to rescue us from this trap that the sinful, natural people that we are have fallen into, Lord. You've put eternity into our hearts, Lord. And we must understand, by not seeking you, we are seeking eternal torment unbeknownst to us. Father God, I just lift up all my listeners right now, wherever they may be, wherever they're at at this very moment. I pray that, Father God, that they would turn 
and repent of anything, Father God, that may be getting in their way of learning and maturing and being more intimate with you. So, Lord, I just pray right now that we as the church would recognize these days are coming so quickly as we move toward your coming again for your bride, Father God. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. My friends, if you just prayed to God and asked forgiveness, email me at fillthelamp at yahoo.com. All one word, fillthelamp at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you so I can continue to pray specifically for you. So until next time, folks, I'm Neil Parks. God bless you. And Maranatha. <laughs>